0: listening to the mystical city of god in a year podcast i'm father edward looney and throughout the year i'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes over 2500 page work by the venerable maria of Agreda. if you would like to discuss today's reading head on over to facebook and there you can join the mystical city of god in a year podcast group and you can interact with others and share your own reflections after listening to today's reading now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria Vagarda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Today is day number 170. We are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 21, Paragraphs 606-612. Chapter 21 The Lord prepares the Most Holy Mary for the flight into Egypt. The angel speaks to St. Joseph and other matters concerned therewith. When the Most Holy Mary and glorious St. Joseph return from the presentation of the infant Jesus in the temple, They concluded to stay in Jerusalem for nine days in order to be able each day to visit the temple and repeat the offering of the sacred victim, their divine son, thus rendering fitting thanks for the immense blessing for which they had been singled out from among all men. The Heavenly Lady had a special veneration for this number in memory of the nine days during which she had been prepared and adorned by God for the incarnation of the word as I have related in the first ten chapters of this second part. Also in memory of the nine months during which she had borne Jesus in her virginal womb, in honor of these events, she wished to make this novena with her divine child, presenting him that many times to the Eternal Father, as an acceptable offering for her lofty purposes. They began the devotions of the novena every day before the third hour, praying in the temple until nightfall, They chose the most obscure and retired place, meriting thereby the invitation of the master of the banquet and the gospel, Friend, go up higher, Luke 14.10. This invitation was given to her on one of those days when she was pouring out her spirit in the presence of the Eternal Father in the following words. 607. Highest King, Lord and Creator of all that has being. Here in thy presence lies the useless dust and ashes, which thy ineffable condescension has favoured with grace, such as it neither knew nor ever could know how to merit. I find myself, O Lord, forced onward by the impetuous flood of thy blessings, to give thee thanks. But what return can she offer, who, being nothing, has received her existence and her life from thee? And who, over and above, was overwhelmed by such incomparable mercies and blessings of thy divinity? What thanks can she render in acknowledgment of the immense bounty? What reverence worthy of thy majesty? What gift to thy infinite deity, since she is only a creature? My soul, my being, and my faculties, all have I received and continue to receive from thy hands. A thousand times do I offer it in sacrifice to thy glory." I acknowledge my indebtedness not only for having given me all this, but for the love with which thou hast given it, and because among all creatures thy infinite bounty has preserved me from the contagion of sin, and has chosen me to give human form to thy only begotten Son, to bear him in my womb and at my breast, though I am only a daughter of Adam and made of lowly and earthly matter. I perceive thy ineffable condescension toward me, O Lord, and in gratitude for it, my heart fails and my life is spent in all affections of divine love. Having nothing else to repay all the favors of thy right hand, conferred upon thy handmaid. But now my heart is revived and rejoices in possessing a gift worthy of thy greatness, since I can offer thee him who is in one substance with thee, equal in majesty and the perfection of attributes, the only begotten of thy intellect, the image of thy being, the fullness of thy own pleasure, and only and most beloved Son. This Eternal Father and Most High God is the gift, which I offer the victim, which I bring thee, and this I am sure thou wilt receive. Having received him as God, I return him to thee, God and man. Neither I nor any other creature or Lord can ever offer thee a greater gift, nor can thy majesty ever demand one more precious. It is so valuable that it will suffice to repay thee for what I have received. In his name and in mine I offer and present him to thee. I am the mother of the only begotten. Having given him human flesh, I have made him the brother of mortals. And as he wishes to be their redeemer and teacher, it behooves me to be their advocate, to assume their cause and claim assistance for them. Therefore, Father of my only begotten, God of mercies, I offer thee to him from all my heart with him, and because of him I beg thee to pardon sinners, to pour out upon the human race the mercies of old, and to open new fountains for the renewal of thy wonders. This is the line of Judah, become a lamb which takes away the sins of the world. Apocalypse five. 5. He is the treasure of thy divinity. 6.08 Such prayers and petitions the mother of piety offered up in the first days of her novena in the temple. To all of them, the Eternal Father responded, accepting the offering of his only begotten as a pleasing sacrifice, being more and more enamored with the purity of his only and chosen daughter, and looking upon her sanctity with benign pleasure. As an answer to her petition, he conceded to her new and great privileges, among which was also this one, that as long as the world should last, she should obtain all that she would ever ask for her clients. That the greatest sinner, if they availed themselves of her intercession, should find salvation. That in the new church and the law of the gospel, she should be the cooperatrix and teacher of salvation with Christ, her most holy son. This was to be her privilege, especially after his ascension to heaven, when she should remain as queen of the universe, as the representative and instrument of the divine power on earth. This I will show more particularly in the third part of this history. Many other favors and mysteries of the Most High confirmed upon the Heavenly Mother in answer to her prayers. They, however, are beyond the reach of spoken language and cannot be described by my short and limited terms. 609. In the course of these manifestations on the fifth day of the Novena, after the presentation and purification, while the Heavenly Lady was in the temple with the infant on her arms, the deity revealed itself to her. Although not intuitively, and she was wholly raised and filled by the Holy Spirit. It is true that this had been done to her before, but as God's power and treasures are infinite, he never gives so much as not to be able to still give more to the creatures. In this abstractive vision, the Mosai visited anew his only spouse, wishing to prepare her for the labors that were awaiting her, speaking to her. He comforted her, saying, My spouse and my dove, thy wishes and intentions are pleasing in my eyes, and I delight in them always. But thou canst not finish the nine days' devotion, which thou hast begun, for I have in store for the other exercises of thy love. In order to save the life of thy son and raise him up, thou must leave thy home and thy country, fly with him and thy spouse Joseph into Egypt, where thou art to remain until I shall ordain otherwise. For Herod is seeking the life of the child." The journey is long, most laborious, and most fatiguing. Do thou suffer it all for my sake, for I am and always will be with thee. 6.10 Any other faith and virtue might have been disturbed, as the incredulous really have been, to see the powerful God flying from a miserable earthly being, and that he should do so in order to save his life, as if he, being both God and man, could be affected by the fear of death. But the most prudent and obedient mother advanced no objection or doubt. She was not in the least disturbed or moved by this unlooked-for order. Answering, she said, My lord and master, behold, thy servant with a heart prepared to die for thy love if necessary. Dispose of me according to thy will. This only do I ask of thy immense goodness, that overlooking my want of merit and gratitude, thou permit not my son and lord to suffer, and that thou turn all pains and labor upon me who am obliged to suffer them. The Lord referred her to St. Joseph, bidding her to follow his directions in all things concerning the journey. Therewith she issued from her vision, which she had enjoyed without losing the use of her exterior senses, and while holding in her arms the infant Jesus, she had been raised up in the vision only as to the superior part of her soul. But from it flowed other gifts, which spiritualized her senses and testified to her, that her soul was living more in its love than in the earthly habitation of her body. 6.11. On account of the incomparable love which the queen bore toward her most holy son, her maternal and compassionate heart was somewhat harrowed at the thought of the labors which she foresaw in the vision, impending upon the infant god. Shedding many tears, she left the temple to go to her lodging place without manifesting to her spouse the cause of her sorrow. Saint Joseph therefore thought that she grieved on account of the prophecy of Simeon, as the most faithful Joseph loved her so much, and as he was of kind and solicitous disposition, he was troubled to see his spouse so tearful and afflicted, and that she should not manifest to him the cause of this new affliction. This disturbance of his soul was one of the reasons why the holy angel spoke to him in his sleep, as I have related above when speaking of the pregnancy of the queen." From the same night while St. Joseph was asleep, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and spoke to him as recorded by St. Matthew, Arise, take the child and its mother and fly into Egypt. There shalt thou remain until I shall return to give thee the other advice. For Herod is seeking after the child in order to take away its life. Immediately the holy spouse arose full of solicitude and sorrow. foreseeing also that of his most loving spouse, Entering upon her retirement, he said, My lady, God wills that we should be afflicted, for his holy angel has announced to me the pleasure and the decree of the Almighty, that we arise and fly with the child into Egypt, because Herod is seeking to take away its life. Encourage thyself, my lady, to bear the labors of this journey, and tell me what I can do for thy comfort, since I hold my life and being at the service of thy child, and of thee. 6.12 My husband and my master, answered the queen, if we have received from the hands of the Most High such great blessings of grace, it is meet that we should accept temporal afflictions, Job 2.13. We bear with us the creator of heaven and earth. If he has placed us so near to him, what arms shall be able to harm us, even if it be the arm of Herod? Wherever we carry with us all our good the highest treasure of heaven, our Lord, our guide, and true light. There can be no desert, but he is our rest, our portion, and our country. All these goods we possess in having his company. Let us proceed to fulfill his will. Then most holy Mary and Joseph approached the crib, where the infant Jesus lay, and where he not by chance slept at that time. The heavenly mother uncovered him without awakening him, for he awaited those tender and sorrowful words of his beloved, Fly away, O my beloved, and be like the roe and the young heart upon the mountains of aromatical spices. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field, let us ride in the villages. Canticle eight, fourteen, seven, eleven, And the tender mother added, Sweetest love, meekest lamb, thy power is not limited by that of earthly kings, but thou wishest in thy exalted wisdom to hide it for love of men. Who among mortals can think of taking away thy life, O my God? Is it not in thy power to annihilate all life? Since thou givest life to all, why should men take away thine? John 10.10 10. Since thou visited them in order to give them eternal life, why should they wish to give thee death? But who shall comprehend the secrets of thy providence? Romans 11.34 Allow me then, O Lord, and light of my soul, to awaken thee. For when thou sleepest... Thy heart is awake. This concludes our reading today for day number 170. We've been reading from volume 2, book 4, chapter 21, paragraphs 606 to 612. We've already spoken about novenas in our reflections previously, because as Maria of Agreda really points out, this was something that she brought forward in the fact that Mary prepared and was prepared by God for the Incarnation, for the Annunciation, by nine days of prayer. And so here you have Our Lady again, after the presentation, the temple, her purification, making a novena, nine days of prayer. This gives us our pattern for a novena. It anticipates the great novena of the church from Ascension Thursday to Pentecost Sunday, in which the apostles gathered in prayer with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Perhaps that first Pentecost novena was inspired by the example of Our Lady who would pray for nine days. I'd encourage you, if you ever have a petition or a dire need, to pray a novena, to find a novena to one of the saints or Our Lady or Jesus, and to pray it with sincerity and with devotion, and see how God works— through that prayer of the novena. We heard also about the interior life of Our Lady, her prayers and her petitions to the Most High. And this is a very powerful line, and it's so true. She should obtain all that she would ever ask for her clients, that the greatest sinners, if they availed themselves of her intercession, should find salvation, that by the prayers of Mary, hardened hearts might be converted. If there's someone you know, entrust them to the intercession of Our Lady. She should obtain all that she would ever ask for her clients. What Mary obtains for us is whatever is according to God's will. She'll make our requests known like she made Jesus aware of that shortage at the wedding feast at Cana. And she will help us to be open to the will of God. And then we heard today, the Lord referred her to St. Joseph bidding her to follow his directions in all things concerning the journey. That really reminded me of that phrase, Ite a Joseph, go to Joseph. St. Andre Bessette always encouraged devotion to St. Joseph. The great saints have asked us to implore the help of St. Joseph. How powerful the intercession is that we have Our Lady and that we have St. Joseph. But Our Lady deferred to St. Joseph. And if we follow the example of the Blessed Mother as we learn more about her in our readings, well, here we are, following her example whenever we seek the intercession of St. Joseph. And finally, as they're going to flee into Egypt, I just thought this was something that you could just imagine, written so beautifully Then most holy Mary and Joseph approached the crib where the infant Jesus lay and where he not by chance slept at that time. The heavenly mother uncovered him without awakening him, for he awaited those tender and sorrowful words of his beloved. But just to imagine, maybe when you pray the mystery of the rosary of Christ's birth or presentation of the temple, just to imagine... Joseph and Mary approaching the crib and picking up Jesus, pulling back the blanket that covers him and keeps him warm, them caressing him and rocking him and kissing his forehead. It's a beautiful image that Maria Bagrida paints for us today. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of The Mystical City of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow.